Blog Talk Radio. Strategies for Success, where every day during this crisis that we're going to, we have a radio show. Normally, I do my show once a week, but during this time, I thought it was important to bring positive people as guests. So other than, we we will do a show tomorrow, but normally there will just be the show Monday through Friday until we get through this. Today, I have an incredible guest. Her name is Joan E. Wakelin. She is a speaker, writer, entrepreneur, and a National Association for Female Executives Director. Uh, she actually is a fabulous person, and I think somebody that can is a great person to bring in at this time. Joan, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'd like to tell Thank everybody so a little bit about me. you. So. Um, as I said, she is the director of the Riverside and the Hemet, California affiliates of the National Association of Female Executives. She's the president of the General Federation of Women's Club Menifee Sun City Chapter. She has dedicated herself to the NAFI, NAFI organization and the success of its NAFI members, as well as the success of the women's group. She gives her time and talent to touch lives and make a difference. And her passion is making a difference. In her work, she touches many other 501c3 nonprofits. Joan was born in Jamaica, West Indies, and graduated in 1964 as a pharmacist from the University of Technology in Jamaica, West Indies. Due to her life being threatened in Jamaica, she came to the U.S. with just $3 for her and for her young son. At first, it was very difficult for her to find a job, even with her background. She could not find a job to stock shelves in a pharmacy. However, she did not let fear get in her way. She did whatever job she could find to support herself, her son and herself, bringing him up to be the very successful businessman he is today, as well as a great husband and father. She later, with persistent humility and determination, which she calls her Ph.D., was able to get jobs in the corporate world where she spent many successful years. In her work in the corporate world, she made presentations on a daily basis to doctors and pharmacists, nurses, and other medical personnel. She retired in January 2013 at the young age of 72. In addition to NAFI, Joan was a member of the American Business Women's Association, Kiwanis, when she resided in Phillips Ranch in Pomona. Upon moving to Menifee, she became a charter member of the Menifee Valley Lions Club, a member of NAFI, and the GSFE Global Society for Female Entrepreneurs, where she sits on the advisory board. And as I mentioned before, Joan is the president of the GFWC Menifee Sun City Women's Club and serves on the advisory committee for the Susan G. Coleman Foundation in the Inland Empire. Among her many awards are the All Women Rock 2019 Award in Orange County, 
the President of the United States called the service awards for both President Trump and President Obama. She was also recipient of the President's Lifetime Achievement Award. She has received many accolades for her work in the local community. She has spoken for many organizations on a variety of topics since retiring and is working on her first book, soon to be published this year. She resides in Menifee, California, and Joan knows that God always directs her to do what is right and to make a difference, something she does daily. So, Joan, welcome. And uh, one of the things I, you Thank told me you. we were going to talk about fear today, and I think it's a great topic. So I want to know, you, uh, you speak all over on this subject. Give us your thoughts why you speak on this subject, Dare to be Fearless. And as I said, it's a great topic for right now because so many people are in fear. You know, Robbie, when everything is going well, the mask of fearless. The mask of fearless is what we wear. But the true test is when unwanted situations appear. Things are not happening the way we would like them to happen. And we start to worry. What if? What should I do? Suppose this is the result. Trials and temptations and failures, successes are all a part of our life. But it's how we react to these situations, the Goliath. Right. Wow. Why do you believe so many people let fear control their lives? Well, nobody likes changes, Robbie. We don't want to move from our comfort zone. That's the reason. Do you have any fears? Sure. Sure. I think all of us were born with some sort of fear, you know. For me, it was the fear of going out of my comfort zone. In the late 70s, I had to leave my husband, leave my family, and basically leave my foundation. That was a glass that I had to face. But it's not so much what you face, it's how you react to it. And I had to act. I just had to make up my mind to do what I wanted to do and have faith to make a leap and just do it. So what is your feeling about the coronavirus? Oh, that coronavirus. Everybody is talking about the coronavirus. You can't escape it. It is a real threat to our well-being, and absolutely, we all need to take the necessary steps to put this virus to rest. This too shall pass. But what I, I, I think is more concerning to me is the way how people act, react to this virus. There's so many viruses over the years that have come up, and I've not seen anything like this. It is amazing or, and sometimes frustrating to get into the supermarkets and see the lines and the empty shelves. And we all are, just sort of become selfish. Some people, I think it brings out this selfishness in them. But thank God the world is not only built with selfish people because I've experienced so much kindness in this I've had people to call me and they ask me, are you okay? Do you want me to go to the supermarket for you? Do you have food? Do you have water? Do you have alcohol? People are so caring when we have crisis like that. 
uh, virus. And I think we need to heed what is being said about staying in. It's, it's, it's not a lockdown that we should get frustrated about. I think it's a wise thing to prevent the spread of the virus. I am taking whatever necessary steps that I need to do where I stay in, but I don't get frustrated because we're doing stuff like this. This is positive. This is meant to give people some hope. You know, it's not just about sitting and griping about what political situation is. Uh, it's a worldwide crisis, so we just have to act sensibly and think of others. This too shall pass. How do you cope with negativity? You know, it's not only with this, but, you know, it happens in many situations. Uh, my advice usually is to consider the source. I had a friend who told me all the time, and people gossip and they, they come in with all their negative issues. She says, Joan, consider the source. There are so many, I call them negative Nellies out there. And you really have to start ridding yourself of these toxic people and let your soul be nourished, the good book. You know, you have to get resilient. How resilient are you? If you fall, are you willing to rise up? Or are you willing to wallow in self-pity? So at this time, I'm encouraging people to choose to be resilient. I'm encouraging people to be kind. It's, it's just not good to sit there and listen to all the what if and they're all negative stuff. Get solutions. I was very surprised like last night when I looked at the news, there were people who were coming to offer masks, gloves, food, and it doesn't have to be a truckload. It could be one roll of toilet paper to somebody who doesn't have toilet paper. And by the way, I found out where all the toilet paper is. You know, it's on eBay. You can get a roll for uh, 24 rolls for 50 bucks. But there's also Costco put out a warning that they're not taking them back. So, you know, it depends upon how people want to handle those toilet paper. It doesn't spoil, so I guess it can stay around for a long time. But there's no real need to be panic buying like this. We have to think of other people who can't get out there to get it. There may be people who don't have the money to go out and buy. So if we have something, we should call an older friend and check on them, see if they're able to go for themselves, and if not, help them. That's my take on, on that. What are, you, what are you doing to stay positive, and what advice would you give others to stay positive? I am staying spiritually focused, Robbie. I send positive quotes and messages to my friends and families. I, I call to remind people that there is a God, and he didn't say you're going to have everything easy. When the bad times come, remember he's still in control. You know, I... I think the first thing that I learned was Adam and Eve. When Adam was asked, where are you? And he said he hid. He was in fear. 
that has been going on since Adam and Eve. There's always that fear. What what and prevents so, you from to from reacting to unwanted circumstances with anxiety or depression? Creator, my God. I learned from an early age and I've built a relationship with him as I grew older. So although things may seem very bad, I always seem to rest on him. I find a lot of solace in reading the Psalms. I read spiritual things. I, I connect with people that are positive people. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of dying, Gobby. That's some of what happens here. A lot of people here are just afraid of dying. And no, I'm not afraid of dying at this stage. You, in your interactive workshops, you always ask people, "What are some of the fears?" So, what are some? What are some of the fears that the people have expressed? Oh, I'm glad you asked that question. You know, the fear of being alone seems to be the first one. And then there's also the fear of not being good enough, the fear of not being accepted, the fear of losing, uh, just losing, losing money, losing friends. They don't want to be left out. The older people, they fear of forgetting. The younger ones, they fear of getting cancer. Now they're fearing of getting COVID-19. You know, it's a C, but uh, <laughs> that's it. They fear uh, not having enough money when they retire. They fear of not being healthy. And it's amazing how many people just fear talking. They don't want to be rejected. So that there's always that fear. If we had to do a talk and we had to stand up before people, we have that fear. So yeah, that's it, I, I've heard that. I've heard that one fear from a lot of people. Yeah, and some fear losing their parents. Some fear of just getting old. I I actually fear getting older because when you get old and you have not the power to speak for yourself and although you have a power of attorney, you're hoping that that person will make the right decision for you and you're also making sure that you tell them what your needs are. So I encourage people to get a power of attorney so that you will be able to state what your desires are and hopefully they'll take care of you the way that you want to be taken care of. That is very um, important. What, so what can one do to minimize their fears? What would you, what tips would you give them? I think you shouldn't really worry too much, you know. When we are full of fear and anxiety, we don't get close to others. We, we stay, we, we back away from people. And basically what we are doing, we are afraid of being rejected, manipulated. We are afraid of being hurt. And all of these fears cause us to disconnect in life. It, it's just an old thing. Fear shouldn't, uh, when you look at it, there, there is need for signals. For instance, we are not being stupid. If, if you're 
afraid of a lion, you wouldn't put yourself in the jungle. You wouldn't put yourself on a safari. So if there are certain things that you don't like, you fear, then I would advise you, I don't know how to swim. So I have the fear of water. I don't want to go too deep. However, I still go on cruises and I I still want to live, you know. We don't like really for people to know who we are like. We don't want them to see the inside of us. And this is because we, if we tell them exactly or show them who we are like and they don't like it, we're up a creek without a paddle because they're going to reject us. You should never be afraid to tell people who you are. You should be yourself, you know. Don't have to wear masks. Don't pretend. Be yourself. Do you think that when, like, when you're asking the question in your workshops about uh, what are their fears, that majority of them are, uh, stand up and are honest, or do you think they are afraid to even stand up and say what their fears are? I think some of them are even afraid in a group to divulge their fears. They're, some of some of them are not really honest because uh, they're still living in a, a hidden situation. They don't want to make people know that this is what's bothering them. And if they would let go and let you know what's bothering them, you probably would be able to encourage them so that they wouldn't live in that zone. Because it's chiefly people don't want to move from their comfort zone. And nothing happens in the comfort zone. We all know that. If you stay comfortable, you don't know what's out there that you could have had. That's better. For instance, I am from an island. And I didn't really want to leave my country. It's beautiful. It's paradise. But when you're threatened, you have to make up your mind, what do you want to do? So you're pushed and you have to act. And sometimes the acting comes on impulse. But you have to do something. You have to face the Goliath. And remember, David only had three small stones. He didn't have a gun, but he took him down. So he took him down because he had the faith and the support of God. And so we have to rely on God. We have to do that. So, Joan, what are some of the things you're doing to stay positive for yourself? Because, you know, every time if one watches TV and stuff, it drains you and you, you don't even know it, but you feel like you're walking around in a, in a fog. Well, Robbie, my first thing is that I don't watch too much TV. Uh, that may be very bad. I really don't watch too much TV. I more or less read books. I... I enjoy listening to music. So there's the music station, the music channel that I listen to. I love jazz, so I listen to that. And I have a medical device that I use to relax myself. This was the most wonderful thing that I found because it helps me to just go off to sleep instead of worry. I find worry doesn't do anything more than cause hypertension and stomach problems. So I try not to worry too much. I try to stay calm. I find friends that 
are positive thinkers. So I get connected with these people and they allow me to move upward. They allow me to move out of my coward zone or my comfort zone and elevate me to another level. And I would encourage all the listeners to learn how to relax, learn how to, what should I say, get rid of toxic people. They're like baggage in your life and you still hang on to them. Learn to put them to the curb. And I'm not meaning to be mean, but it allows you to be better than where you are now and constantly feeding you negative stuff. Then it just may be time to move on. If you yeah, can't well, help you know, them, just move on. You know, one of the things somebody was telling me today and I thought about it and I thought, you know, it really makes sense. The fact that you know, the children are home from school is bringing the parents and the child closer together because, you know, a lot of times parents are so busy, but the fact that they have to help them now with the learning and also the fact that, you you know, it's very difficult to run out and do stuff. People are cooking. So they're sitting around a table and having dinner together, which is something that sort of disappeared, and now it's really coming back. So, my thought is when this is all over, people are going to look at it, and I think in some cases it might readjust things so that people realize the value of spending time with your family and, and eating together and finding out what how their day went. What do you think about that? You know, Robbie, I am so glad you mentioned that because there's a new phrase, social distancing, that started coming to life when the coronavirus appeared. And it was so funny to hear people saying you're supposed to stay six feet, six feet away. And at home, where the cell phones, the iPads, the computers were allowing people to really have social distancing. It wasn't seen as social distancing. However, now that we are forced to be in home, the greatest thing is to have the children now play some games, play some word games, allow each other to express themselves, ask the children, how is your day going? And let them tell stories. Children love to tell stories, even if it's not for real, but you can sit down and listen to a six-year-old or eight-year-old tell some real good stories. You have to spend more time with them now. You're forced to, and it's wonderful. It's not social distancing. It's socially reconnection because now families are reconnecting with each other. Children can get to see mommy and daddy. I remember seeing one day on one of the social media platforms where this girl was offering to give her daddy money so that she could get some time with him because she asked him why he couldn't spend time with her and he said because he was working to get money and she took her little money and she gave it to him and said can I have some time with you now so now we get to well it's focus on the family it's a wonderful thing I, I think this the only thing that is hard is the money when people cannot work. That I am very 
what should I say? I'm emotional about that because I remember the times when I didn't have money when I just came to this country. It was very hard for me to get a job. So when you don't have money, yes, I emphasize there. I have been there. But sometimes when you think about the liquor that you have and you start improvising, you realize that you wasted a lot when you had a lot. And now people are going to have to learn how not to waste, conserve, and mix with the family. Um, my daughter was telling me one of the things they're doing, my daughter in Los Angeles, is they have a lot of friends. So they're all tuning in together where they can see each other on one of the you know things that you can use. And they're playing charade games and things like that. So it's almost like they are together, but they're really not together. And yeah, she says that that really takes their mind off of what's going on. So even though mm-hmm. your friends may not be there, or somebody else said it's a great time if you like to bake to get your children up to help you bake something. So, again, that's a way of coming together, as, mm-hmm. which is probably you've been so busy before you haven't had time to do that. So you're just buying baked goods instead of maybe saying, oh, let's do this as a family, and everybody has a part in it. Yes, and another great thing they can do with this time is to clean the closet, the pantry, organize, get organized when you have this downtime. Because I don't think this virus is going to be here for a long time. I think as fast as it, uh, it's here, it's going to get to the point where it has to go. Because with us not going out and mingling with each other, I think the spread will be curbed. So I I look forward to being out there working again real soon. But for the time that I have, I'm going to use it positively, writing down, journaling, putting down positive quotes, staying connected with all the great gadgets that we have. Thanks for technology. We can see each other on FaceTime or Skype. You know, we are connected. We just have to use the time wisely. Yeah, and like you said earlier, giving a call to somebody maybe you haven't talked to for a long time, just saying hello, Mm -hmm. just checking in on you. How are you doing? Um, I've been doing that to several, and it's really made a difference. Somebody said, oh, I'm so happy. I'm, you know, I live by myself, and I have no one to talk to. So little things like that during this time can really make a difference. And you you yourself, for doing it, are going to feel better. Yes. And, Robbie, you know, I belong to the NAFI organization. And I got a call from a NAFI member that I hadn't seen for a little while. And she sent me a text. She said, anything that I can do for you. So when I responded, she called me. And she said, I think about you all the time. And I just want you to know that we love you. And remember, we're sisters. That was such a great Call. I felt so good afterwards that somebody cares. And I'm sure that she felt good being able to say that to you as well. Yes. It's a two-way street. So, so in the, you know, I, I know myself when this first came on, I was watching TV and I was walking around in a funk for a couple of days. And I thought, that's not me because I'm a very high-energy, get-it-done person. So I just had to stop watching the TV only once a day, like before I go to bed, just to see if there's anything new I'm supposed to do. 
and I just concentrate on other things, and I have found that my well-being is so much better than putting myself in front of the tea and looking at everything and just maybe getting the facts when they do the briefing in the morning or at night, and that's it. Yes. You cannot allow it to consume your entire day because the same news comes back, you know, so really going twice a day is better. At night time, you get to know what to do for the following day. Yeah, and sometimes people reinterpret it. So, Joan, how can people get a hold of you if they want to know about NAPI or the Women's Club or the medical device you have? You know, I have one number, which is 909-721-7648, or my email address is joanewakeland at gmail.com. And I mentioned J-O-A-N-E-W-A-K-E-L-A-N-D at gmail.com. And I want to make sure that you put that E-N because I have scammers that have used my name and they are using my email address to request funds I don't ask for funds from anybody for anything, and I just want that to be clear. But I do give information on the uh, the products that I share for health and for the vitamins and stuff that I do use for myself. I don't really go out there pushing a lot, but if you want information on them, present New Spirits International and... I will give information on things that can keep the body healthy and your mind going well. Well, Joan, it's been wonderful to have you uh, on the show today. Um, So we're at an end, and uh, thank you very much. It was a great show. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, maybe we've made somebody feel a little bit more um, positive today. Yes, and I hope that they would be less anxious. Thank you very much. So until tomorrow at 4 o'clock, tune in again. Um, I will be the guest on tomorrow's show. I'm going to just talk a little bit about some positive stuff. And uh, again, and then we'll be back on a Monday. Uh, and Angeline Benjamin will be our guest on Monday. So until then, stay positive and call up a friend that you haven't talked to. Bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye.